welcome to Taxpayer Alert. I'm Al Segala. I'll be your host for this uh, program and also uh, president of the Calaveras County Taxpayer Association. So we, uh, we talk about taxes too, you know, on these programs to try to, try to make uh, this an educational experience for the voters and for all the people in the county. Our, our guest this time is uh, uh, Michael Vasquez. He's the uh, manager uh, of Animal S Services uh, Center. And uh, this is kind of a, well, it's not actually a coincidence. I adopted a cat and he helped me get the cat and the cat just, just unbelievably uh, wonderful. And so I'm a real supporter of the animal shelter. Well, uh, uh, Michael, welcome. And how'd you get involved with this thing? Thank you, Al. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, uh, I went to um, college for animal science, so I got my degree in animal science, but as a, uh, as a young kid, I just, you know, absolutely enjoyed um, having the company of animals, um, taking care of them, and so I've, you know, had numerous of animals uh, throughout my life, and so um, I actually started working for the county um, in the environmental health department, and um, so I had left the, the animal field for a few years, and then when the opportunity for animal services manager came about, I uh, jumped on board. So, so here I am. All right. Now uh, you have uh, there's uh, quite a bit involved with uh, with animal uh, uh, animal services. Uh, I understand you work with uh, a private outfit called the Humane Society. Is that true? Yeah, we have a collaborating uh, partnership with um, Calvary's Humane Society and other rescue organizations outside of the county as well. Um, uh, Calvary's Humane Society supports our mission, and um, and we we're both of the um, animal shelters uh, have the same common goal, and that's to help the animals in our community. So yeah, now I understand you're actually a government organization, which means you have a budget and, and you have expenses. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many, uh, how, what is your annual budget? Yeah, roughly, um, it's, I believe it's right under 900000 a year. And not, so, not quite a million yet. Not quite a million, yeah. We're going to work on that, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, uh, uh, in that budget, uh, you, have, you have, the organization has volunteers, and also paid paid people. Well, what's the relationship? How many employee employees are, uh, do you control? So yeah, we have one um, staff member that um, does a front office, um, and we have three animal control officers um, out doing field services, and then we have two uh, full-time kennel assistants. They are the ones that are do the fabulous work of taking care of all the animals, um, and then we have two extra hires who help us out. Um, on a consistent basis. So, and then we have—I um, don't know how many volunteers exactly—but we have a lot of very caring, kind volunteers. Um, Focus um, does a great job with helping us um, with with their volunteers, and so we have a really, a really large, um, you know, group of people that are all there because they care for these animals. So, so you think we, there might there might be a dozen volunteers? Oh, more than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Even just at the um, at the uh, rabies uh, clinic events that Focus has, um, they have anywhere from you know 20 or plus uh, volunteers that do a data entry that are distributing flyers and so forth. So 
Oh yeah, directing traffic on the day of. So yeah, we have a really great um, network of people there. So uh, if there are any dogs and cats watching, you want to be really <laughs> thankful you're you're in Calaveras County because uh, you you couldn't get any better treatment. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I understand that. Uh, coexisting with wildlife, uh, the importance of rabies and distemper vaccination of, of pets. That, uh, that's pretty important. Yeah, um, you know, uh, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of cases that we have, that we unfortunately handled when it comes to rabies related cases. Um, and then some of, these, uh, some of these cases involve domestic animals, but uh, oftentimes they, they involve wildlife animals as well. And so um, from our end, we try to um, educate um, the public in keeping your, your pets up to date on the rabies vaccine and on their canine distemper vaccine. Um, oftentimes um, people that report like say skunks or, or foxes, um, they're reporting like neurological issues and both diseases contain neurological conditions or clinical signs. So sometimes it could be that an animal is in fact rabid or sometimes it could be that it's a distemper, but um, proactively what an owner can do is ensure that their pets are vaccinated and current on those vaccines. So we do investigate um, any um, exposures. Um, so we're one of the agencies involved. Um, so is our public health department and um, the California Fish and Wildlife Service. So, yeah. Uh, have there been many cases since last year? Um, we do t um, take uh, handle quite a few cases, quite a few calls, and so we try to direct um, folks to the you know appropriate agency. Um, um, if we if we have you know we've gotten a lot of um, cases involving bats. Um, we recently had one where the bat actually tested positive. So. So we, I mean, we live in a rural area, so it's of you know importance that that these animals um, are vaccinated, and we live with these amongst the um, an area with a lot of wildlife, and our pets are indoor and outdoor, and they can be that right. vehicle. So yeah, so to protect the public health, it's it's imperative. So, and uh, you know, I mentioned earlier. Um, our um, nonprofit partner agency focus, they hold um, free rabies vaccination clinics throughout the year. So, so I mean, that's... Focus stands for what? Friends of Calaveras Animal Services. Friends of Calaveras Animal Services. Now, if, if, uh, if the viewer would like to get more information, is there a website they can go to? Yes, um, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I can provide that. Okay. Um, one of the things that, uh, well, I guess they could uh, uh, Google Focus. Google Focus, yeah. yeah. Focus um, Calaveras County, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or check out our website. We also have Focus um, link to our website as well, so. Okay, that's good. So now, uh, uh, helping lost pets get reunited with their owners. Uh, it's important to have microchipping and licensing uh, and, and it's important that they be wearing a collar, a harness, an ID tag. I guess uh, uh, cats are not quite as, <laughs> as regulated as dogs are. <laughs> yeah, cats are uh, cats are free roaming, so we see a lot of them, you know, uh, not wearing a collar. And of course, that's you know that's expected. They 
they take them up, they climb trees, they climb, you know, structures. Um, but um, there are safety cat collars, um, so it's still uh, it's still recommended that a cat wear um, some sort of collar um, with a personal ID tag. But um, if uh, somebody chooses not to collar their cat, um, microchipping is important. So microchipping is a permanent form of ID. Um, it's implanted subcutaneously, so we, that doesn't get removed. And um, you know, if an animal ever strays away and ends up at a vet clinic or a shelter, humane society, that's one of the first things that is done is the animal scan because our, our goal is to be able to return that animal home. So that goes um, between between the shoulder blades. Between the, back. the shoulder blades, underneath the skin, correct? Yeah. And uh, a de device can read it without having to remove the chip. Correct. Yeah. So you just um, use a microchip scanner and scan the entire body, and it'll pick up that microchip. So, right. yeah. So it's really and and again, um, our uh, focus group when during their uh, vaccination clinics, we also provide uh, microchipping for free. So, um, so but you, again, you can also get that through your regular veterinarian as well. So, yeah. they're. Um, when you think about the expense, a uh, microchip could be about $50 at a vet clinic, but it really can save you know, your pet's life um, and make that huge difference in being able to be reunited with your pet. So yeah. um, most, the majority of these stray animals that we get at the shelter, unfortunately, are not microchipped or they don't come with collars and ID tags, so it makes it really um, hard to try to reunite them with their owners. And, yeah. um, yeah, we we do get we do get in quite a few animals um, between dogs and cats. Last year, we got about a little a little under nine hundred animals. Nine hundred? Oh yeah. my God! Stray animals. So that's a lot of critters. Yeah, yeah, and um, <clears throat> our um, we have a, a pretty decent reclaim rate um, when it comes to dogs. Uh, Forty-seven percent were reclaimed last year. So. Um, you know, that's, um, it's a 50-50 chance, you know, for a stray animal, for a stray dog to get back home, but that, those odds are still not the greatest. The but, other ones so, are probably abandoned. Yeah, um, and some of them are impounded, you know, due to seizure cases, but um, when it comes to cats, we only had a 1.8% reclaim rate for cats. Oh. So, and that's pretty, um, um, pretty consistent across the board nationwide. Uh, cat reclaims are really low, almost none. Um, a lot of people, again, a lot of owners allow their cats to free roam. Sometimes they don't even realize that the cat has been missing until like two, three days later. And so mm -hmm. it's, yeah. The cat had a new dish to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cats are so really independent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, again, yeah, having that microchip as a secondary form of ID yeah. is really important. But. Um, when, a, when a pet carries a personal form of ID, that's a visual form of ID, that if this animal were to stray away and uh, let's say a good neighbor uh, picked it up, they can just quickly look at the tag, check the phone number or an address, and be able to reunite the pet without ever um, having to be you know, impounded at the shelter. Unfortunately, yeah, we do get a lot of animals impounded at the shelter, and so their reclaim rates are not the greatest, so. Um, what, uh, what do you recommend in the way of uh, protection for ticks? Um, there, and I, fleas. And fleas, yeah. There's several products out there, so um, I can't really endorse any one in particular, but 
what we use at the shelter, for example, is uh, generic Advantix. So it kills fleas and ticks. Um, so, but yeah, and Advantix is non-prescription, so you can just purchase it online. There's Frontline Plus. Um, there's some that are prescribed by a vet, so you would have to, you know, get a... Are there any that you don't recommend? No, not really, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, that's one of the things that, because uh, I, I let, uh, let my cat out uh, for maybe an hour or two yeah. a day, and she just loves to run around. And uh, she comes right back, and uh, you're usually with a mouse or a lizard. <laughs> now, there's been some talk that there's some lizards that they shouldn't eat. You know anything about that? Mm, I... I, I'm not aware of that. Okay. My cat brings us lizards all the time, <laughs> as well. frogs, um, skinks. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm not aware of that. Um, but yeah, the the keeping up on the monthly flea, flea prevention is important. Um, uh, animals can get tapeworms that way um, if they ingest a, a fleas. Um, then that's the starts that that cycle and it eventually turns into. Uh, a tapeworm, so you definitely want to keep up on the on the flea prevention as well. But now, uh, you put drops between the shoulder blades. Is that there's so many different products now? But yeah, those are the topical ones that you apply. Yeah. But there's also oral um, uh, prescribed prescribed medication that they can take orally. So you can uh, uh, you think you can make a cat swallow a pill? <laughs> you might lose the tip of a finger <laughs> or an entire finger. <laughs> no, so there's a lot of some cats that are very good. Um, others, yeah, not so much. So <laughs> have to wrap it in a frisky or something. Oh yeah, yeah, some tuna or something. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a challenge with cats and ID tags. I, I get that with dogs. Um, it, it is important to have those collars. Uh, some some owners report that the dogs. Um, you know, can take the, the collar off or it can get caught on a chain, on a fence. Um, the alternative to that would be uh, putting a harness and then the, the tags as well. But it's just, you know, it, it's just so important. We get so many dogs without collars and yeah. it, it makes it that much lo um, harder to, to get reunited. So um, one of the other things too is that I stress with um, licensing. Um, we're talking about budgeting. License helps us um, bring in revenue in order to be able to continue funding, you know, these, these programs, these um, animal control officers being able to, um, you know, do their field, field work and so forth. So um, it is important to license your dog. It is a requirement um, to license any pet, or any dog over the age of three months. So yeah, cats go get away free, huh? Cats get away free. Other jurisdictions um, also require cats to be licensed, but not here in Calaveras. So We're good. We're more libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when an animal wears uh, the license tag. Um, if one of our officers is called out and picks up this animal, we can quickly look in our database who right. this animal belongs to and return it again back home. So uh, for us, it's, uh, the key is being able to return the animal home as quickly right. as possible and try to avoid that shelter impound. We, the last thing we want is animals at our shelter, right. um, overcrowding the facility, um, being in a stressed environment, because it, it, it could be stressful. Um, you know, it's better than them being out in the street, of course, um, and they get, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're being sheltered properly, but that's not their home. So, right. yeah, so our goal is to just reunite those animals. When I, when I adopted my cat, there were seven, 
and then, which came to six. How many do you have now? <laughs> well, luckily, we've been in a very good position with cats right now. Um, you know, just, uh, just a few months ago, we had about 30-something cats. We were down to about eight or nine, and then we just started to to um, get some kittens in. So we'll, one of the discussion topics, we'll talk about kittens. Kitten season. <laughs> yeah, Kitten season is rolling in. Had the, uh, uh, how, many, how many dog tags in, in the county are out there? How many, how many licenses we've issued? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't have that statistic memorized. OK. It, would it be in the 100,000 range or 1,000? Oh, no. No, probably in the 1,000. OK. Yeah. I'm hopeful that at least in the 1,000. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I've been with, with Animal Services for just a little over a year now, so I'm getting familiarized with the, with the department, and it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have uh, dogs running at large, and the issues they present for the community. And then we, uh, uh, so <clears throat> dogs are left wild, uh, they can get trouble. They get in trouble. Dogs that are allowed either, you know, we understand um, animals will, will sometimes escape. They'll, you know, they can have it really good at home, but still sometimes they somehow want to roam around. Um, others, the owners, just deliberately let them, you know, run around. And so um, it does present its challenges. Um, one, we have, you know, if, when, when we get several dogs that are running around in a neighborhood, they tend to form a pack, uh, that pack mentality. I mean, they are pack animals. Right. And so they can become destructive. They can go into neighbors' places and start trying to you know, get into fights with other dogs or attacking other animals, so it is a public safety concern. Yeah. Um, some dogs, you know, running around me end up biting a person. Um, again, you know, we do handle a lot of bite reports, um, and so um, those can turn into uh, potentially dangerous dog filings or vicious filings with the court. So they have, it, to, get a, have to get a shot when that happens, right? Well, correct. Yeah, the, if a person gets um, bitten, then um, our health department gets involved. Um, the owners um, advise to seek medical treatment um, and see if a pro a post-exposure prophylactic uh, vaccination is uh, necessary and so forth. But also the dog, if the dog, say for example, gets into a scuffle with uh, wildlife, um, they'll need to get um, a rabies shot um, uh, immediately after right. um, to protect the animal. And so that, that in itself brings other uh, you know, issues where now the animal has to be quarantined or um, and the quarantine um, timelines are, are strict. You know, for a, a, a contact with a human, it's a 10-day quarantine. Right. Um, if it was contact with wildlife, but the dog was current on a rabies vaccine, it's a 30-day quarantine. And if there's no rabies history, that could be a six-month quarantine for an animal. And so just imagine an animal being six months at an animal shelter under strict confinement that would be terrible for anyone's pet. So yeah. again, we, we stress uh, the importance of keeping your pet up to date on a rabies shot. Um, again, Focus, Cl uh, Focus Clinics offers those free of charge, but any, you know, your veterinarian, your local veterinarian offers it. Vaccines are not very expensive. They're e 
readily available and you know it's completely preventable so yeah yeah um, uh, you have adopt don't shop <laughs> don't support puppy mills and backyard breeders <laughs> yeah and I'll, i'm sorry can i go back to the the dogs that are running at large yeah they, they present also the some of the other um issues that they may present is oftentimes we get animals that are hit by car um they end up out of you know they have to be rushed to the emergency because and sometimes they don't even make it so we're looking at both the um the, the health and safety of the animals but the health and safety of the public as well right. but yeah with regards to adopt don't shop um yeah, there's um, many, you know, we, we, under, we realize that uh, people can get animals from many different sources, right? Um, a lot of them get, get them through friends or a neighbor, um, some opt to adopt from uh, an animal shelter. Um, there's some people that opt to um, purchase from a breeder and we respect, um, you know, people's decisions on, on how they obtain animals. But um, we, we, we encourage people to adopt versus going to a, sh um, a breeder or a puppy mill because of course, in a back, uh, sorry, not a, a breeder, a backyard breeder. And a backyard breeder is one that um, is, is usually um, breeding um, for quantity and not necessarily for quality. So oftentimes they're more, um, uh, they're, they're overbreeding their pets. Um, some of them may not even um, um, do any genetic screening, which leads to, you know, producing poor offspring with uh, predisposed to genetic diseases. So, um, and so that's what I mean by backyard breeders, amateur breeders that may not, um, you know, be them uh, producing the best lines. Um, you have some breeders that are very reputable, very responsible, um, register their animals, um, screen them for genetic conditions. And so um, their interest is more on qualitative versus quantitative. So right. um, that's the distinction there. But when you adopt from an animal shelter, you're saving an animal. Um, you're um, giving them a second chance to, to a good life. And so our adoption fees are, are very minimal. Um, going back to budget, we adopt uh, dogs for under $100, um, yet we spend on average probably 500 or more. So <laughs> we're always in the red with that. <laughs> uh, that uh, well, I understand that uh, with cats, the uh, they need to be spayed and get microchipped. Correct. And uh, and then uh, get some some shots. I think. Do you give them shots? Yes, we give them the uh, combination the FERCP, which is um, protects against feline distemper um, and upper respiratory infections. Um, and uh, and we give them the rabies vaccine if they're old enough. They have to be at least three uh, three months of age to get the rabies shot. So I see. yeah. Um, we also give them their dewormers, and um, we uh, 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 apply topical flea treatment. Yeah. So, if uh, if somebody wants to adopt a cat or a dog, it makes sense to go to the animal shelter because all this is going to be done. Absolutely. Or otherwise, uh, you may have a problem. Oh yeah. When you uh, consider um, what we put in, again, um, if you were to take that. Uh, an animal that you purchase, say, from Craig, off of Craigslist or whatever you know avenue, you ch somebody gets an animal. Uh, that's a lot of money that they're going to be pouring, you know, f um, on this pet that they just recently acquired. Um, with us, um, a lot of them get um, checked out by the, one of our contracted vets, 
um, but we also do those health assessments and we do all these um, treatments while they're at the shelter so yeah they, um, so uh, now you're located uh, on that new road there that goes to the new courthouse and the, and the new sheriff uh, facility correct we're at uh, 901 Jeff Tuttle Drive Jeff Tuttle Drive 901 yeah and then you have signs that say cat house yeah. and dog house. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but you want them to go to the office first. To the office first, And, yes. and then, uh, then the office will contact the cat house or the dog house where you have other people there yes. that, can, that can help. Yeah, our kennel assistants, they, 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 they uh, take care of all the animals and they take care of the people that come out and, um, and look around to see what they may want to adopt. And we also encourage them, you know, if they, if they come here and they don't find something that meet, uh, meets what they're looking for, we always encourage them to uh, go to Calaveras Humane Society. They're the next closest animal shelter. But Amador County Animal Services and Tuolumne County Animal Services are neighboring counties. So, yeah, absolutely. And there's also um, rescues within our county, um, local nonprofit rescues um, that people can also adopt through. So, absolutely. There's some sev several um, animal welfare organizations that you can choose from. So, That's yeah. pretty good. Now, what about big animals like horses and cows and things like that? Do you get involved with that as well? We primarily we deal with you know small domestic animals, but we do um, we so far since I've been there we haven't had any horses at the shelter, <laughs> but um, we've had um, goats, uh, we've had sheep, we've had pigs, potbelly pigs, uh, chickens, guinea pigs, rabbits, turtle. Um, so we we've had quite the few uh, you know number of animals there um, and. If they're adoptable, we place them up for adoption. So, I have a couple chickens, and uh, they usually lay one egg a day each. So, and I only eat one egg for an omelet. <laughs> so, like every twelve days, I got a dozen eggs to give away to nice. friends. So I got I got friends that really like me, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's the eggs or. <laughs> well, with, with the egg prices, they really love you. <laughs> <laughs> and they love Those me more. more. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Now, when uh, when my uh, chickens, uh, after a couple of years, they stop laying eggs, and I got a couple of chickens now. They're getting close to that time, and so what I've done in the past is I put an ad in the paper. Free pet chickens, mm. and uh, so they won't expect the chickens to be laying eggs. Yes. But they can have a chicken to run run around, and the chickens are are really friendly, you know. Oh yeah. Now, uh, if uh, do you need more help, uh, workers that want to work for work for you, or, or are you pretty well uh, uh, up to staff now as far as uh, uh, employees? Uh, we well, we are fully staffed for what we're allowed. Right. Um, we can always definitely use always more help. Like volunteers, <laughs> volunteers as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. We, um, we're hoping to get more volunteers that can come in like in the afternoon hours um, so that they can take our dogs out um, um, a second time around. We have uh, all of our current volunteers come in early in the morning and they do an excellent job walking these guys out uh, so they can go you know, do their potty breaks, but thank, it would be nice. Thank you for an excellent program. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for watching. See you next time. Thanks.